And sometimes life will do that to you. You ever had that done to you before? Life and the problems that you have just feel like just throw it right in my face. Then why are we laughing? Because it's real funny when it happens to somebody else, isn't it? And, and maybe other people laugh when it happens to you. But when it happens to you, it is no laughing matter. It's a serious deal when life gives you lemons and you're trying to figure out how to make lemonade with all these problems. And so that's why we're doing this series. We're actually wrapping the series up today as we talk about another facet of dealing with our problems. And I don't know what problem you're facing. I don't know what problem you have. Maybe it's a big problem or it's a lot of smaller problems that just are all at once and all at the same time and it's just worn out. We've been bringing our problems to what, what God is teaching us through the scriptures and trying to learn together that they're not in the way. They're actually paving the way to great things that God wants for us. And that's a big statement, and I get it. We talked about that week one. We talked about why it's a good thing to wrestle with. God, why are you doing this? And what do you want to accomplish in my life? And how do I need to grow? And how do I need to change? And what do I need to learn? We talked about that. We even talked about attitude last week and how the attitude we bring is so very important and Today what we're going to do, wrapping up this series, is talk about specifically what your problems have to do with other people and what other people's problems specifically have to do with you. If you're like me, it's it's really easy to get self-absorbed when when you're dealing with your own problems. It's really easy to get self-absorbed. In fact, I think it's natural for us. Because we just kind of look in the mirror, we look at our lives and we go, hey, what about me? What about, what about this problem and why is this happening to me and what am I supposed to do with this and why now and why not them and <laughs> why not later and why this and why another thing? And so to look in the mirror and realize, oh my goodness, I, I am becoming self-absorbed. I, I, all I'm thinking about is me and my problems, my problems and me, and me and my issues, and my issues and me, and I can get that way, and you can get that way, and again, it's a natural thing. I think it's a default setting as human beings, but it's, it's not a good place to stay, to become self-absorbed. So I want to get right to the point, so we got plenty of time to unpack it. So this is what I want to challenge you with, and I'm challenging myself. We're going to challenge all of us together and challenge each other with this thought, with this idea, when it comes to your problems. Whether you got one problem or a lot of problems, big problems, small problems, I don't know what your problem is, but don't just have them. Use them for good. Don't just have problems. Financial problems, jobs problems, health problems, relationship problems, marriage problems, parenting problems, you know, depression problems, anxiety problems, regardless of what problems you have, don't just have them. Actually make a decision to use them for good. Because here's the deal. Everybody has problems. Everybody has them. But not everybody used them for good purposes. Specifically to help other people. The idea of helping other people with their problems because of your problems. Right? Helping other people with their problems through your problems. Helping them survive, helping them learn, helping them grow, helping them mature. Just as you are learning to survive and grow and learn and mature. And here's the thing. You don't have to be done with problems in order to help somebody else with their problems. No, I mean, that would be nice, right? Well, as soon as all of my problems are done, then I can help somebody else with theirs. Well, then you'd never help anybody with anything else. 
right? As we wrestle with our own problems, we enter into the story of others. We enter into the problems of others. Don't just have them, use them. In other words, don't just accumulate a resume of pain in your life. Do something with it. I mean, a lot of people, that's what they're doing. And if you, if you'll, you know, listen, that's what you hear. And, and maybe you'll find yourself like, that. yeah, that's pretty much me. We are accumulating a resume of pain. We're just basically talking about everything that's happened to us in life and when we describe our lives, we say this happened, then this happened, then this happened, and you know what, you're not going to believe what happened next. Wait till I tell you. Then this happened, and this happened. I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop, and then this happened, and then that happened. All at the same time. Can you, can you imagine? Basically, what we're doing is just displaying a resume, a life resume of pain. But you got to ask yourself, what's the point of all that? Just to say at the end of life, look at my resume of pain. It's longer than your resume of pain. It's more impressive than, wow, that is impressive. How did you make it? Wait, is that the point? No, it's not to just accumulate a resume of pain. There's something more. There's something beyond it. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to use it? God has invested so much into us. Life has invested so much into us. What are we going to do with it? And I know immediately we're going, well, listen, I haven't been through what other people have gone through. I don't think I can really speak into the, I mean, I have a friend that has a problem, but I haven't been through what they're going through, so I can't help them. Uh, there's this girl I work with. There's this guy I work with, and they're going through some difficult stuff. But hey, listen, I've never gone through that. I've never felt those feelings. I've never had that issue, so I don't know what they're going through, so I really can't talk. Oh, there's this person in my group, in my small group at church, and, and I would love to help them, and, and I, I just can't because I've never been. Here's the deal. You don't have to go through exactly what everybody else goes through in order to help everybody else. You don't, have to, you don't have to have the same experience in order to help them. Because let's be honest, it's pretty rare in life that somebody's resume of pain matches somebody else's resume pain, point for point, pain for pain for pain. Right? It's pretty rare. Now, it's nice. It's interesting. When I say nice, not like, hey, good, you know, misery loves company. Not like that. But it's it's encouraging when someone can look at someone else and say, hey, I've been there, I know what you're going through. Hey, I've been there, I know what you're going through. Hey, I've been there, I know what you're going through. That's great, that's fantastic, that's a bonus. But you don't have to have experienced what other people have experienced in order to help them with what they are experiencing. Because pain is pain. Different degrees, I get it. Different reasons, I get it. Worry is worry. Regardless of what you're worried over, it's the same feeling. Fear is fear. Regardless of what you're afraid of, it's still the same feeling. Does that make sense? It's still the same emotion. So this whole thing of, like, I haven't been through that, and I haven't been through that, so I really can't help anybody. <laughs> Let's move past it. That, uh, that's a Greek word for whatever. <laughs> it's in the Bible somewhere. Here's something else, okay? This is, this is significant. This is not just things that I'm, I'm thinking of and making up. That's important for you to know. I, I mean, it's not like I'm in the backyard one day just picking up sticks and going, hey, let me talk about this. No, this is a very important part of what it means to follow Jesus. All throughout the New Testament, especially, all throughout the scriptures, but especially the New Testament. When Jesus is talking to his followers and when his followers are unpacking what Jesus taught them and what it looks like to follow him, a key component of that was helping each other with the problems we experience. This is not new. It may be new to you, but it's not new. In fact, it's all throughout it. I'm just going to show you a couple of places that to me, some of my most uh, favorite 
some of the most challenging, some of the most beautiful parts of the New Testament. We're going to look at a couple of these that Paul writes to Christians in the first century, trying to help them unpack this. This whole idea of not, don't just have problems. Use them for good. He writes to the Corinthians, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Father of compassion. I love that. Do you know what that means? To us? Do you know what that means for us? If God is the Father of compassion, then his children are automatically expected to be children of compassion. And so we could stop right there and ask ourselves, when it comes to other people's issues and other people's problems and other people's challenges, am I a child of compassion? Do I respond with compassion to them or more of like, well, it sucks being you. Well, at least it ain't me, right? He's a father of compassion. He goes on. And the God of all comfort. All comfort comes from God. It starts with him. All peace, all help, all encouragement, all comfort ultimately begins at the throne of God. And he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. He comforts us so we can comfort other people. He helps us so we can help each other. Do you get that? Do you see that? That's just the given. That God helps us so we can help each other. God helps me so I can help you. God helps you so you can help me. God helps you so you can help them. God helps them so they can help you. And it's even better than that. This also teaches us that God helps us through each other. Now, that's a mind blower right there. You know me, God, will, God wants to help people through me? Yeah, you. Well, how? Well, let's start with your problem. Let's start with the problems that you've survived. Let's talk about the problems that you're surviving now. Let's talk about, say, I don't know if I'm surviving. Well, you're here. You're surviving. You're surviving. Well, it's going to take me out. Well, it hasn't yet. You're surviving. You might be surprised. God wants to help other people through you. And God wants to help you through other people. Wow. He's the God of all comfort, and that's just the way it works. So we got to look at our problem and flip the script. Kind of turn it around on its end. Because here's the deal. God doesn't waste problems on you. Not even problems you bring on yourself. God doesn't waste problems on you. So let's not waste them. I mean, if you're going to have them, let's use them. Don't just have them for the sake of having them. I mean, what's the point in that? Don't just have them. Use them for good. Use them for good. God doesn't waste them, so let's not waste it. Let's make it count for something other than ourselves. I want to show you something else. Another passage that to me is even more vivid, uh, so much more colorful than this. And this is great that God comforts us so that God helps us so that we can help each other. And then he writes to the Galatians. Very vivid words here. This is what's expected of followers of Jesus. This is, what, this is just the way it is. Carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. The vivid picture, isn't it? A burden, a problem, a weight someone's carrying. You and I, as followers of Jesus, are to bend down and get a shoulder in under the load that our brothers, our sisters, our friends are carrying and lift. And say, hey, can I help you with that? Hey, it looks like you could use a hand. Hey, 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 let me, 
I, 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 listen, I don't know what you're going through. I've never experienced this. I've never felt what you're feeling. I've never, but you know what? Like, can I help? Can I help? How can I help? Tell me how I can help because I want to help. I want you to know at least you're not alone. I'm here. Or you may say, hey, you know what? I've been there. I know what that feels like. Someone did that to me one day. I've had that happen in my life. I've had that happen in my job. I've had that happen in my finances. I know what that feels like. And so here, 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 let me help you because I've been down this road before. You're not alone. Carry each other's burdens. You see, that's hard to do because I get so fixated on my own burden. Like, oh, like, why do I have this? Why am I going through this? That's very normal. That's very natural. But I, sometimes all I can see is my burdens. That's why it's so important, so important for me to enter into the story of other people. Yeah. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? What is he referring to here? This is big. This is huge. The law of Christ refers back to the new commandment that Jesus gave his disciples right before he was crucified. He told them, he said, fellas, I'm going to give you a new commandment here. Write this down. Love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. That was revolutionary. Not love, but the source of love and how to love. Jesus did not tell them, all right, fellas, I want you to love each other as you have come to understand love in your own life. No, bigger than that. He did not say, I want you to love each other as you have experienced love from your parents and from your uh, family and from your siblings and from your friends. Nope, it's bigger than that because we often don't do a very good job of loving each other, do we? He did not say, I want you to love each other as culture, your society, and your culture has defined love and and. and Teaches love. No, no, because that's often messed up. He said, I want you to love each other exactly the way that I have loved you. Now, I believe they had a smidge of an understanding of what that looked like, but they had no idea just exactly how big that was until just hours later, after he said this, just hours and days later, not very long after Jesus said this, He would go to a cross and he would carry the burden of the world. Not just one person, not just a group of people, not just a nation, but the nations, all the world. He would literally carry the burden of sin and the burden of all problems on himself, absorb it all. And you and I can hardly get our minds around how big this is, okay? So I describe it, but in my description, I mean, I think if we really got it, we would just all fall out right now. It's just because like, okay, I, I can't contain anything else. This is too big. We, so we're going to listen to this and go, hmm, that's nice, because we don't get it. We don't get it. But I'm going to say it anyway. He absorbed all of that up into himself. Love as I have loved you. And then he was going to show them what he meant. And so decades later, when Paul writes, carry each other's burdens. And in that way, you are loving as you have been loved. That's the picture. 
I, I understand. We're reluctant. We're very reluctant. I am, you are, we all are, because I, yeah, I just don't want to get involved. I, I don't want to get involved. I mean, I got this girl down at the office, and, and she's got, I just don't want to get involved. It gets messy, and I just want to get pulled into all that. There's this guy, he keeps, you know, texting me, and my friend, we went to high school together. Man, he's got some issues, but I just don't, I just don't want to get involved. I mean, I, I got my own crap to deal with. I don't want to get involved. I don't, right? I got a sister, you know, my brother, my cousin. I, I just, I just don't want to get involved. We're reluctant because we think things like that. That's very human. But that's pretty selfish, though, isn't it? And aren't we glad? Aren't we glad? Aren't we glad that Jesus didn't look to the Father and go, have you seen their problems? <laughs> just, there's, have you seen their sin? And there's so many of them. There's just so many. Look at all those sinners. Aren't we glad that Jesus' posture wasn't, I just don't want to get involved. I climbed right up into the mess. And it got on him. He was so close. He embodied it. And then said, I want you to do that kind of stuff for each other. Well, if I help them, if I help them, I'll have to help everybody. If, if, I, if I carry this person's burden, that every, if I have to do it for one, I have to do it for everybody. No, you don't. No, you don't. Matter of fact, you can't. You can't. But just because you can't help everyone doesn't mean you can't help someone. You can't help everyone with everything, but it doesn't mean you can't help somebody with something. Your issue is not that you can't help everybody with everything, so you help no one with nothing. That's not the, that's not, that's not the way. The challenge is, no, I can't help everybody with everything, but I can help somebody with something today. So the prayer becomes, God, who is that someone? And what is that something? Carry each other's burdens. Well, if I do it once, I have to do it again. And I don't, want to be, I don't want to become an enabler. You know, that's not good. Okay, that's probably not your problem. That's probably not most of our issues, right? Just because I can't help you with everything doesn't mean I can't help you with something. I'm not talking about trying to be the fix it. I'm not the savior. You're not the savior. We're not trying to fix people's lives. We're not trying to be the solution. You can't be the solution, but you can help someone find a solution. There's a difference. I'm not talking about being nosy and being a busybody, you know, the people that just need to be needed and so they're always inserting themselves in places they should not. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about coming alongside of people who have problems and say, listen, let me help carry that with you. Say, well, when? When? How? Where? How do I do that then? How do I know when and when not to? Boy, isn't that a great question? And wouldn't it be great if we just wrestled with that one a little bit more? Yeah. Don't just have problems. Don't just have problems. Use them for good. Let me, let me take it one step further. This is actually the difference between just having a history and choosing to have a legacy in life. I don't know about you. I don't want to just have a history. I want to have a legacy. I don't want to just have a history. I want to leave a legacy. Everybody's going to have a history. Everybody has a history because everybody has a past, and that's all a history is. A history is a past. If you have problems, you're going to have a history, right? That happened, then that happened, then that happened, then that happened, and then in 1980, that happened, and then in 2004, that happened again, and then blah, 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 blah. and then when I turned 70, this happened and then eventually I get too old for things to happen, and then I stop happening. That's a history. Everybody has a history. 
It happens automatically. But not everybody chooses a legacy. A legacy is something you choose. We know the difference. Most people in history have just had histories. Only a few people have left a legacy, and those are the people we still talk about. Those are the people we still still tell stories about, or the people that have chosen to do something with their life outside of themselves and bigger than themselves and not just about themselves. If you just have problems, you're you're going to have a great history. But if you use them for good, if you use them for good, you will establish a legacy not only within your family, but among your friends and in your community. And that's what we've been called to do. That's what Jesus has done. Jesus is the legacy maker. Jesus is the great legacy one. And why? Why do we still talk about him? Because of what he did for us. Because of what he did for the world. Not just because he lived and died. And not just because he lived and died and rose again, but because he lived and died and rose again for a purpose. And the purpose is us. I, I know, I know. But, but what about my problems? <laughs> what about my problems? Who's going to help me with my problems? Okay, I get it. I get it. But man, listen, I can't, do, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. And I got all these issues. I got all my problems. You know what I'm learning? I'm learning that when I help other people with their problems... I feel better about mine. (laughs) My attitude gets better about my own. And sometimes I get helped with mine. Often, helping others helps me. Now, some of it's immature. Okay, I'll I'll admit. Some of it's immature. Sometimes I help people with things, and I get back in my truck, and I go, I thought my life was screwed up. Like, woo! Sucks being them. Isn't that immature? But I feel better. (laughs) It's just very immature. Right? Sometimes it's as simple as that. Other times, it seriously is, though. It seriously is, though. And, and, and God begins to work in my own heart. I get back in my truck or I get home at the end of the day and I go, wow, what am I complaining about? You ever had that experience? What, what in the world am I fussing about? Yes, my problems are real, and I'm not saying my problems are not significant. They're significant to me, but in comparison, oh, my gosh. God help me. God help me to be grateful. God help me to be patient. God help me to be kind. God help me because the burden they're carrying, they need help with. They can't carry it alone. My burdens are pretty small right now compared to that. It just helps me to help. That's what you'll find. It's kind of the side benefit, the bonus. Oh, and let me say one more thing before we begin to draw all this together with a few last comments. If you are the person that someone else is trying to help, if you happen to be someone who's going through something and there are people gathering around you that are trying to get their shoulder underneath your burden, let them receive help. Let God love you through their love. Let God help you through them. That's what God's trying to do. I don't need nobody but Jesus. That sounds so impressive or unfortunate, right? Because do you know how God's going to help you? He's going to help you through someone else. That's what we just saw. God comforts us so that we can comfort each other. Well, I'm good. I got it. I'll figure it out. I always have. I always have. I'll figure it out. I'll figure out something. Pull myself up by my own bootstraps. Well, listen, nobody wears bootstraps anymore. Those are, I I don't see anybody using those things anymore. It's kind of out of style now. Done. Don't need them. Boots stay up on their own. 
you, you get my point. The point is, okay, come on, are we still doing that? Are we still doing that thing? Are we trying to see who's tougher? Who's more self-reliant than someone else? If you are going through a problem and somebody else is trying to help them, let them help you. If they're trying to help you, let them help you. Let God love you through them. Don't stiff arm what God's trying to do in your life through somebody else. None of us are self-sufficient. Okay, so this, this is big. This whole thing, don't just have problems, use them for good. So as you think about this, let me just say a couple things about it. In recent history, I think, and this is kind of a confession, I think the culture has done this better than the church has. And that's got to change. At least in recent history. Now when the church started out, the first century, second century, third century, this is how the church made a name for itself. Is how the church just climbed up in the mess of the culture. They just climbed up in the mess of the community. Whatever it is that was a problem, the, the church was right smack dab in the middle of it. In fact, it was kind of a known thing in the first few centuries that when there were problems in the community and nobody else wanted to touch it, call the church because those Christians, man, they're amazing. They get involved in things that nobody else wants to touch because they're following the example of their Savior. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, and, and there's probably very good reasons for it, and smarter people than me could probably explain it a lot better than me. But somewhere along the way, through the Middle Ages, and through what much too much of the church's history, the church is kind of hands off, hands off, hands off. Let's just talk about God. Let's just talk about theology. Let's just talk about the Bible and what's in the Bible and let's know all the stuff that's in the Bible, but we, we don't have to do anything with it. So let's just, let's just back off, back off, back off. And the culture has had to pick up the baton. And so in recent history, at least, I look back and see evidences. Oh, here's something that's gone wrong in the community. Here's a natural disaster. Here's a problem. Here's this. Here's that. Here's this war. Here's whatever. You fill in the blank. And the culture rises up. We got to help these people. We got to give. We got to raise money. We got to do this benefit. We got to do whatever because we got to do something to help our brothers and sisters. And the church just kind of, uh, I don't know. Where at least the church was slow. I'll say that. I didn't say the church shouldn't do anything. The church was just slow. Because we don't want to, you know, we need to figure out first if they had it coming. Yeah, we got to figure out first if this is God's judgment on them. And we don't want to get in the way if God's punishing a bunch of sinners, right? We'll just sit back and, you know, we'll just pray for them. Now, we'll say this. I have seen signs in recent years, encouraging signs, encouraging things, where churches are beginning to say, no, no, we got to do better. We got to follow the example of Jesus and we got to climb right smack up in, in the middle of all these messes. Cultural messes, society messes, things that are seen as, oh, no, the church doesn't get involved. Oh, no, the church is now getting involved. Uh, uh, political things, uh, social things. That, that the church, it, yeah, if it's a problem, if it's an issue, how do we love as we have been loved with that? All that to say we got to do better. Here's something else I want to say about this. Again, kind of a confession. Um... Using your problems for good is more than just, hey, I'll pray for you. It's more than that. It includes that. Listen very carefully. 
There are times when all you can do is pray. And that's not a cop out. That's not all you can do is just pray. Prayer is never a just, okay? Prayer is never a final resort. Prayer is the way you help some people in some situations. Sometimes because of proximity. Sometimes maybe because of the scope of the problem. All you can do is pray. And that's a good thing. That's a must thing. But that's not a box to check so that you don't have to do anything else but pray. Here's why I say this. Again, kind of a confession. Christians often get into a pattern where we use prayer as an out. We use it as an out. Kind of as a way to get out of sticky situations. Someone's sharing their problems with you. And we're going, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know what? I'll pray for you, brother. And then we're, and then we're out. Right? What is someone going to say? Well, no thanks. Right? Well, is that all you're going to do? They're not going to say that. Because who doesn't want to be prayed for? Right? We all want to be prayed for. So Christians, unfortunately, have found often that a way to kind of put the end to the conversation and go, whew, boy, that's a mess. <laughs> and they may actually, they may or may not pray, but they may. Let's give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they do pray. But prayer is not a box to check so that you do that and nothing else. That's not the pattern of prayer. Prayer is not a way that you can just kind of stay at arm's length and not get the mess up on you. Oh, often what you have to do is roll up your sleeves and climb up into the mess of somebody's story and say, yes, I am going to pray for you and I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to get my shoulder up under this problem with you and I'm going to help you and I'm going to serve you. I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to give you a shoulder to lean on and a shoulder to cry on and ears to listen to. I'm going to do more than pray. So don't ever use it as an out. Don't ever use it as a cop out. One final thing I want to say about this whole thing is that um, be careful not to one-up other people's problems when you're using your problems for good, right? We do this. Sometimes we do this without realizing it we're doing it. We need to clue in. Now, intentions are probably good, but we need to develop some more self-awareness. And here's what I mean, right? When someone comes to you and they share a problem with you, and then this is what I'm going through and this is what I'm going through, don't find a way for you to get into the conversation and go, well, you think that's bad. Like, it's just a nice way of saying, shut up, my life is worse. Listen to me. And then you start telling them your pain resume, right? Like, oh, no, 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 no. Why, why do we do that? Why do we do that? Why do we feel the need to turn the focus back on us when other people need help with their burden? Right? So be careful. Be careful. You don't always just say, well, yeah, well, girl, I'll tell you what happened to me. Oh, yeah, well, you think your Saturday was bad. Oh, yeah, well, let me tell you. Okay, there, there's a time and place for sharing your story. There's a time and a place for that. But don't always make it about yourself. Because loving as you have been loved is focused on the other. So listen and focus and ask how you can help and offer to help. And then, and then, there is a time for you to share your, hey, listen, I've been there story. I know what you're going through story. Nothing wrong with that. But you want to use it appropriately. You want to do it in the right place and the right time. And I would say it's typically not a good idea to start with that, to lead with that. Listen. And then the time comes for you to offer that. And when the time comes, if you've been there, you should. 
you should tell somebody else. It's a great way. It's a great opportunity to get down on somebody else's problem level and say, I've been here. Uh, the other day I was walking through the house and I saw a book on the uh, end table in between uh, the couch and love seat that I hadn't seen before. It was a new book that Donna had gotten and it was a book of poetry written by Morgan Harper Nichols and fantastic um, artist, uh, musician, and poet. And the page was open to this. And so I wrote it down when I read it. I was like, oh, that's good because I was working on this message and I thought, oh, perfect. This is what she says. Tell the story of the mountain you climbed. Your words could become a page in someone else's survival guide. Isn't that great? Isn't that beautiful? Wish I'd have written it. Wow. So simple. Tell the story. Tell the story. You never know. Because here's the deal. Here's the truth. This is what Jesus teaches us. There is a beauty in each other. There is a power in each other. Brothers and sisters. There is a healing in each other. Each other, brothers and sisters, me helping you with your problem, you helping me with mine, and we getting together shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, back to back, and carrying each other's burdens through this very challenging life, comforting each other with the comfort that we have experienced from God himself. He is the father of compassion. We are children of compassion. Let's be compassionate. Yeah. Over the last couple of weeks, we gave you pieces of paper to write your problems down on and put them in a prayer wall. That's what that is out there if you see it and you're like, what's that? You can go back and watch the last couple of weeks and you'll kind of know it'll all fit together for you. But by this time, you probably, most of you would know. So I want to ask you to do one more thing that I think will kind of help land the plane with this series and, and and help me take this not just having problems, but using them for good. On your way out, when you walk by that prayer wall, I want you to go up and take one with you. Just take one. Doesn't matter which one, just pick one and take it with you. Now, don't, don't sit there and go through them and you're like, nah, 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 nah. ooh, that's a good one. All right. No, no, don't do that, okay? Just, just pick one. Just take one. Don't even read it there. Matter of fact, just put it in your pocket, put it in your purse, take it, take it home with you. And at some point, look at it. Some of you are going to be shocked. Some of you are going to be shocked at the, at the pain and the problems that your brothers and sisters are carrying that sit in the seats where you sit. You know what that, you know what that'll do? Some of you will look at that problem on that piece of paper and go, I've been through that. Some of you will look at that and go, I have no idea what that's about. But what that'll do is it'll help you know, number one, you're not alone. You're not alone. Number two, it'll help you become more aware of the pain and the problems and the burdens that your brothers and sisters are carrying. And then thirdly, it'll help remind you to carry each other's burdens. I want to leave you with some encouragement. I want to leave you with hope. I want to leave you after talking four weeks about problems that it's not always going to be this way. I want to leave you with the words of Paul and I want you to let this sink in. I want you to drink this in and I want you to absorb this no matter what problem you're facing. Paul writes, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside, 
where God is making new life. Not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for this encouragement. That regardless of what problem we're facing, it won't always be this way. There are better days coming. That is your promise. And that gives us hope. Father, may we not just settle for having problems, developing a history, a resume of pain. May we make a choice to leave a legacy. Make a choice to take our problems and use them for good in the lives of others. To come alongside our brothers and sisters and those that we know and strangers we don't know and people we work with and people that we live with. Carry each other's burdens and in that way love each other as we have been loved that is your law that is what you require of us so father may we look to your example through jesus our great burden carrier and burden lifter and take our place as his children of compassion as we help each other and in so be helped at the same time. That is your plan. That is your purpose. As we take these lemons we've been given and we start making the lemonade. Help me, help us. In Jesus' name, amen.